you picked me to host this podcast because you know this heart doesn't pump Kool-Aid. That's it. We've got more romance amongst the OGs, a fun puzzle challenge. Jemmy may be the only one trying, and Letarian may be our greatest living human being. All that and more on the Challenge All-Stars Episode 6 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. On today's pod, we are talking all things All-Stars, Episode 6, and really, a little bit all things all-stars by the end. This episode, while a very good one, has a little bit less to comment on than the last few. So we're going to take this chance to still go through our regular breakdown of each section of the show, hand out some awards for best quote, MVP, power rankings, do a little history lesson at the end. But we're also going to take a moment to just kind of step back what, at what we thought would be the mid-season point we find out is a little bit later than the mid-season point of this season of All-Stars and just kind of assess where we are and what our feelings are at this point going into the last few episodes here. So that's a lot to cover. We'll try to do so as succinctly as possible, but let's go ahead and get right on into it with our section-by-section breakdown of the entire episode, All-Stars, Episode 6. Here we go. Our episode gets underway immediately post-elimination from the week before. Everyone's back at the house, all in feeling good. Him and Yasella picking up right where we left off with them last episode, picking up on that romance, but they are not the only ones. My goodness, the OG house has really revived the romantic portion of the challenge franchise in a big way. We have our third coupling of the season. We get Anissa cuddling up next to Letarian while they both wait to use the bathroom because Alton and Yasella are in the bathroom. And while it seems like they're just br- actually are just brushing teeth, don't want to interrupt them and, you know, get a little personal time themselves between Anissa and Letarian. So our third couple of the season, and it is a couple we are here in full support of. Love this pairing between the two. Love getting to watch Anissa try to break down a little of that hard exterior of Letarian, not a couple I necessarily saw coming. Um, but again, uh, I guess when going through all these OGs resumes coming into the season, I kind of paid attention to which ones were married and had kids, but I didn't really kind of take in the fact that that meant all the ones that weren't married with kids were single and that there was a lot of those single people and they were ready to mingle a little bit. So we get more showmans here from Anissa and Letarian. Again, huge, huge fan of this match. Would love to see if anything extends post-show between them. But outside of this little romantic flare-up and uh, kind of rekindling of Alton and Yasella's storyline from the week before, we don't really have much else to talk about pre-Daily Challenge. We pretty much get right to the Daily Challenge. So let's go ahead and not waste any time and move right on to that Daily Challenge. 
we move in to the daily challenge, which was a good one. I was a big fan of it. They call it Escape the Room, which throws me for a loop at first, because right when they just announce and show, flash up the name Escape the Room, I'm thinking they're about to be locked in a room within teams. And, you know, one of those things you can go do in some cities with your friends where you get locked in a place, you have to find clue after clue to find a key to eventually get out of the room. That's what I thought when I saw Escape the Room. But then they pan up. And we see it's actually a shipping container that has a big cutout so you can see inside of it. And four-person teams standing up. Each person has a puzzle slowly one by one. The floor will drop out under each team member, giving uh, some of them less time to do the puzzle than others. Most puzzles correct amongst the team wins. So that's what they meant by Escape the Room. I really like this puzzle, or this puzzle, this daily challenge. I like a straightforward puzzle one. These uh, OGs, you know, a little higher in age, they deserve a challenge or two off from the extreme physicality. So test the puzzle, do it under high pressure, knowing you're about to be dropped into water at any moment. I liked everything about it. And really, um, it, you know, it's cool visually. The drop is scary and legitimately caused stress, especially amongst a few in particular. It's high pressure puzzles, which is a big thing of the challenge in the final. We know whatever final they get, it's going to be high pressure puzzles. So it has some teamwork, has some strategy, basically has everything you want within a non-physical challenge. So great challenge overall. And I have to point out that we start this challenge before TJ even actually explains the whole thing. He drops a nominee for quote of the week when he thinking that he has dropped in the most hilarious pun, drops a Paramount pun, and no one on the cast understands what he just did. Take a listen. You're going to be playing as teams, but your individual success is paramount to your team's success. Paramount. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) You see what I did there? You guys like that? Yeah, that shit was sick. All right, so hey, today's challenge is called... So to everyone on the show's credit and to TJ's credit here the whole cast no one no one picks up on it he literally has to explain himself you see what i did there paramount ha 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 but tj has been seeing checks for year after year after year from paramount the main company that owns viacom cbs which owns mb mtv and so a lot of these challengers who this you know this show is being debuted as paramount plus's big debut the streaming network formerly cbs all access All these people are used to being on MTV, not Paramount. So at the time of filming, I totally understand if none of them are like Paramount. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about, TJ. But while TJ's over here, yeah, the company signing my checks for the last you know 15 years, whatever it's been. So very fun moment, TJ giving it his all on the hosting side, as always. We get to the actual uh, challenge itself. Few people worth shouting out. Um, first one, Kellyanne, definitely strategically. We're going to talk a little bit later about how strategically the majority of this cast is thinking or not thinking as it'll be. But Kellyanne definitely won thinking good strategy immediately as the, after they split up into the teams of four. They announced you got to have a male and female captain. Losing team is those two people going straight to the elimination. So Kellyanne immediately says, Darrell, me and you, captains, so that she can, one, put herself up so that if they were to win, avoid elimination, she can maybe next time around say, hey, I was already just captain. We, you know, someone else's turn. But also immediately saying, 
I'll do it if Darrell does it, knowing Darrell's who I want next to me, or one of the people, at least the one on her team, that she wants next to her in an elimination. So thinking to herself, we either win, and I escape having to maybe be in this position next time down, or we lose, but I'm going into elimination. Me and Darrell, as strong of a team as this house is going to create, very good strategy from Kellyanne on that one. Shout out to Katie. We've got to say it again, uh, you know, She's gonna. She was a focal part of this episode, and yet again, we get a heights over water challenge. She knows she's gonna fall in, and she freezes up the moment she gets up there. She freezes up, but they yet again show the reason she's freezing up, and that is the brutal, brutal fall that she takes on Cutthroat. And I, we mentioned it before. They've. I think this is the third episode now that they've been over water. So third episode they've had to bring up and show this clip and it is just so gnarly and i totally understand why that had to, i mean it's, it's traumatizing it, you know doesn't even do enough there's there's no way anyone could go through that fall and not be absolutely horrified of being repeatedly put back in these positions where something similar could possibly happen uh you know she got the bloody nose again earlier on this season from a very regular straightforward fall so as much as you know, it, you know, normally outside of having that backstory, I might be like, "Come on, at least try to do the puzzle a little bit there." I totally get it, and I give her props for even being willing to go stand up there, so that there was no sort of DQ for her team as a whole by not being willing to even get up there. So, props to her, and props to her as we'll get to later, throwing herself in the elimination because of this second time around. She says, "If I'm not willing to do the challenge, I'll go in the elimination." So, all good to her. The end of the challenge, though, is the part we're talking about. How did only one person get this right? Shout out Big Easy. But as they scanned through, as each group went, it seemed like every group thought there was two people that had got it right, at least two, maybe even a third on one of the teams. And as they scanned through, it looked like people had it correct. I mean, I know it was pretty confusing, lots of shapes, lots of colors. Maybe the colors weren't coming through on the television, but it very much seemed as we're watching it, I'm like, oh, they got two, they got two, they got two, but Kendall's is upside down, so is that going to count or not? I thought it was all going to come down to, does Kendall's count? And if so, they're going to win. And if not, then there's going to be a tie, and maybe it's some time-based. But we find out in the end, Big Easy, the only one that gets it right, gets the win for his team. He's the captain, safe from elimination, and as the only male really name being thrown around at all from an elimination standpoint, huge, huge win for him. The only person in the house that was definitely, if he doesn't win, he's going into the elimination one way or the other, more than likely. I guess at this point he has to actually get last because maybe someone's not going to pick him as their partner. But he was in a susceptible position, gets that W, shout out Big Easy, way to get it done. Kendall and Mark going straight into elimination, captains of the losing team. Kendall realizing at the last moment hers is upside down, deciding, I don't think I have enough time. Maybe they'll count it. I don't want to mess it up. Um, you know, backfires in the end. Who knows if they would have, if she would have had the time to flip it over, but her and Mark going straight into elimination. That's all for the daily challenge. Let's go ahead and transition to the deliberation and cocktail hour portion of the show. So we move in to deliberation and yet again, should be said immediately when they get back to the house, albeit for more obvious reasons this time being in the elimination himself, Mark is still the center point of every political conversation. This time, Nehemiah and Jemmy tag on with the two people, Kendall and Mark going in, which is the first sign of many 
um, we're going to get to here very shortly, that Jemmy is playing that strategic game. She knows, you know, they were with those two, Nehemiah and Jemmy kind of had a little alliance going with Cyrus and Beth, who just went home. They know Mark. Now going into elimination still is probably the most powerful person socially, politically in the game. So who do you think is going to show up with them outside, talk some strategy, take down the name they want to hear, get thrown in, but Nehemiah and Jemmy. So those two definitely with Jemmy leading the way, playing the strongest strategic game. We then move to the actual deliberation. Katie steps up, throws herself out there, and that's where we get another nominee for Quote of the Week. Feels like deja vu. We heard a very similar sentiment from Jemmy a few weeks ago, but here she is again, baffled at the lack of strategic thinking by all these people throwing themselves in. Take it away, Jemmy. Am I the only person that understands the whole point of this game is to avoid elimination at all costs? Old Katie would have never done this. I don't even know if old Katie would recognize new Katie. This isn't your kid's soccer league. This is a challenge. Half a million dollars is on the line. Get out of parent mode and come back to challenge savage mode. <sighs> Just, I mean... It seems like she's the only one that's really taking this serious, that's really going all the way of this is a season of the challenge, this is cutthroat, the political game matters almost as much as anything or more than anything else. She's going all out, and she can't stand that these other people, even helping her out with these actions, are acting like this. So shout out her. I'm right there with her. I'm baffled. I get you know the respect, Katie, not you know doing the challenge, throwing herself in there, but man. I'm not doing it. That's me. I'm saying, you know, hey, I had this horrible fall back on cutthroat. I got messed up in a big way. It was traumatic, and I'm horrified. And I got up there, and I, I couldn't do it. But I stood up there. I still fell in. You know, I'm overcoming my fears here a little bit. You know, don't throw yourself in, because I don't think she was going to get thrown in. Let someone else get voted in. Um, I don't think she was necessarily going to be the House vote. Who knows? One thing to point out during the deliberation, I I... I guess I didn't predict it. I thought about it out loud a few weeks back, but it does finally rain. They have this outdoor deliberation area, which I just wondered, given the climate they're in, it's not always sunny. You know, it's not. It's a very sunny place. They've had wonderful weather so far, it seems like, but we finally do get a little rain, and we find out that doesn't matter. Just do the deliberation. Make it faster. If it starts raining, you got to go outside. That's where we're doing it. That's where the cameras are set up. Get it done. Other thing to sh uh, discuss about the deliberation is Alton, my guy, Alton, greatest athlete in the world, Alton, has already, he ended last episode, he comes out of an elimination having won and having been very riled up beforehand, not happy about being called out. And at the end of the episode, you might, last episode, and even I believe the very beginning of this episode, they have in an interview him saying something to the effect of, I'm going to take all y'all out. I'll take on every guy, every single one of you in the elimination. Keep throwing me in. I'll beat you. He had that kind of attitude very quickly, literally the next day. I'm pretty sure they're doing every day challenge, elimination, challenge, elimination. So literally potentially the very next day after the I'll take all y'all out talk, Altland has already switched back to, hey, I had my glory. I'm not going back in. He literally says, I had my glory. I'm not going back in there, which just, 
I mean, I know, you know, you got to talk the big game. You got to play the strategy. So I guess he's doing everything right as far as the show is considered. He's talking that talk, but still when the time comes to it, he's playing the the proper game, not just going to throw himself in there over and over, but just hilarious knowing the time frame of the show, how quickly he goes from, I'm going in every time I'll beat every one of you to, no, no, I had my glory. I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to chill back here. So I thought that was great. We move into the cocktail hour and what a pathetic showing from the guys. You can't blame them necessarily. I get it. No one wants to be called in by Katie. You're going up against Mark and Kendall, maybe the dominant male and female athlete of the house. We've only really seen athletic, physical uh, elimination challenges. You're coming off a daily challenge that was a pure puzzle, so you're thinking this elimination probably going to be physical yet again. Maybe, you know, you don't want to go in there with Katie. You think it's kind of a death sentence. You're going to be off the show. But the way they all go about it, I mean, Katie, shout out to her. She handles it so well. I mean, the disrespect is big, and she handles it like a champion. She laughs about it. She plays along a little bit. She understands it, and it's all pretty funny, but it's also a little bit weak. And all of them are just put to shame by the star of this episode, who we're now going to start talking about a lot through the next couple sections here, and that is Letarian. Such a man. Letarian is just a real one. He's honest about his chances, but just a fucking boss move. Walks right up to her, lets her know, hey, if you need someone in there, you look up and see me. I'm a bad MFer. I'll come in there. We'll get the job done. That's it. End of story. He's just, uh, he's a real one. He's a loyal guy. He sees someone in need. He has to go in and help them. And that is everything. I mean, just, we're going to continue to talk about very, the same theme over and over. Letarian is just a man. You know what? Let's go ahead and just hear it straight from the man himself. Here is Letarian being that absolute boss, explaining his feelings on the situation. Another nominee for quote of the week. Take it away, Letarian. Winning this whole challenge helped change my life significantly as far as having that much money. Hell yeah. Would I be able to sleep at night knowing that I had a friend in need and I could have helped and didn't help? Nah, I don't rock like that. I'll say it again. He's a real one. You know, better man than I. I probably, as much as I just said, how disrespectful it was of all the other guys, I probably would have been right there with them. I don't know if I would have begged as much as a couple of them were begging, but... I definitely probably wouldn't be the Letarian walking over and saying, hey, pick me, we'll rock this thing. So hats off to him, and that will not be the only time we do that. The final thing about the cocktail hour, just got a shout out. Alton, again, my guy, we know I obviously love this guy, but his outdoorsman swag is on fire. He, I don't know if he was the, the only one told exactly what the setting is, but he's matching the nature background, the cabin vibe with all of his camo, all of the flannel, everything. His outfits are just on fire. A uh, bit of a slight outdoorsman myself. I very much appreciate seeing this. And as the one cast member who we really had no idea what he's been up to coming into this, the one that wasn't on social, couldn't really get a read anywhere out there on what this guy's been up to, what he's been doing. Seems like he's living that outdoors life, but at least based off the wardrobe he's bringing in here. So he must be feeling right at home in their cabin. That's everything for the cocktail hour deliberation. We'll move to the final segment of the show, and that is the elimination round. We get into the elimination, and 
I've got to say, TJ, come on, man. Everyone else was already, you know, cracking jokes, begging Katie not to pick them. And then TJ walks in there cracking jokes as he brings Katie down. She just, she handles all this so, so well. She has matured beyond uh, any other one else's level of maturity on this show or any of the challenge seasons or anything. She just handles herself with such grace now. It's awesome to see, but come on, guys. Let's let's lay off a little bit. It's not, you know, as we're about to find out, it's not like she has zero chance to win this. Um, so, you know, goddamn, lay off the woman a little bit. But she guts, comes down, and she does, after some deliberation, decide to go with Letarian as her partner, calls out Letarian, brings him down into the arena with her, and we get another Letarian quote, nominee for quote of the week he is ready to go let's get his thoughts on being called down officially down into the arena with katie letarian i just want to live up to the expectations and not let my partner down she picked me because i'm a bad motherfucker that's point blank she picked me because my heart doesn't pump kool-aid she picked me because she knows i'm gonna come out here and give it everything i'm trying to pull this fucking ass off of that damn stump that's it said it last week i'll say it again i need that man to be my trainer flat out that man gets me pumped up he gets those around him pumped up and at this point we see that the elimination is uh uh, one we have seen a few seasons back on the regular seasons in war of the worlds two we saw jordan and josh most recently play this game you stand across from each other you're each on this case a tree stump um, before just a small platform and there's a 200 foot rope spread between you you start you pick it up you pull 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 until that thing is stretched tight and then it's a game of tug of war back and forth who can either get all of the rope to their side or make the other person fall off their side first this one different from what we'd seen before because it's two versus two katie and kendall are doing it at the same time as mark and latarian are both team members have to win that round to get a point and so we get this matchup and First off, we'll just start by saying this is not Jordan versus Josh. Uh, Josh and Jordan back on War of the Worlds 2. Uh, you know, borderline iconic elimination round. A master class by Jordan in that elimination. He ends up beating Josh. All the strategy in the world. Um, it's an amazing one. If you haven't, if you don't remember it or you haven't watched it in a while, look it up on YouTube. It's, it's an all-timer. Um, all-time performance by Jordan, just bad spot for Josh. He does does great, but uh, bad spot to run into Jordan on that one. But this one isn't quite, doesn't live up to the legacy of that one. It is competitive. The first round goes to Letarian and Katie. Um, and then the second round, though, Letarian uh, ends up tripping up. Mark kind of gets him with the strategy side of thing, gets him to fall off. Katie immediately says, you know, I'm feeling pretty tired already. My back's kind of going. Kendall's definitely got me on the endurance on this. So if Latarian's already out, I'm going to go ahead and bow out just to try to save the energy for the third round, which wasn't the best idea because, again, you've both teams have to win. If Katie, who had won the first round versus Kendall, beats her in that one, no blood drawn, no point for the other team. So I don't know if I 100% buy that strategy, but you know, if you're gassing, you're gassing. She wanted to get that break and save up to try to win that third and final round. I will say this game is harder than it looks for sure. You don't realize how bad the back and the legs are going to hurt doing this, which is why going in, you know, even Kendall versus Katie physically, you know, I'm probably going to take Kendall, but specifically on this one, 
that yoga, that doing yoga for eight hours a day, all day long, or whatever everyone's been saying she's been doing, we've certainly been seeing her do a lot of it outside of the house. That yoga is perfect uh, training for this type of challenge because this isn't necessarily about your forearm strength. This isn't a traditional tug of war where you got to get that pose, lean back, and just use those forearms, those shoulders, those thrusts, and pull your opponent. This is balance. This is core strength. This is being able to distribute that weight throughout your body evenly. This is being able to sit in a squat so that your back doesn't get you know, flare up early into it. And so I thought going in, Kendall was going to be a killer at this. She does pretty well, but even she doesn't necessarily have the ideal form. You know, she finds herself bending way over, not really using that back, using that leg appropriately, tiring out just as well. But in the end, Kendall and Mark get it done. They win the second and the third round. There's a moment where we think Mark, the godfather, he finds himself in the elimination, which only way he was going to find himself here is getting last in a challenge. No one was voting that man in. And I also don't know that anyone's going to call him out to bring him into the elimination with them, even with him being one of the best uh, males, or at least seems to be one of the best males. I don't think anyone even wants to put that you know, possibility on themselves that they might remove him from the game. So this was the only way he was ending up there. And they get the win. Looks like the Godfather might be going out. They get the comeback. Win round two, win round three. Kendall keeps her perfect record intact. We talked a few episodes ago in our history lesson about Kendall being one of the few people out there with that perfect challenge record. She's only done the one show. She won all of her eliminations. She won the title. Comes into this one. She's now got her second and third elimination wins. Trying to keep that perfect record intact. And then the other thing that's got to be said, I can't believe they did not mention this on the show. This is the Godfather's first ever elimination win. I don't know how that doesn't come up. I don't know how he doesn't bring it up in one of his interviews, but a monumental moment, the Godfather of the challenge, first ever elimination win. You'd think maybe when we get to the start of next episode, they're coming back from the elimination hill. They'll mention it in the house or something when they're celebrating, but he has only ever been in one single elimination round before, and that was on Battle of the X's 1. He and Rachel are in there, and they end up losing. Excuse me. He loses with uh, Robin as his partner. Sorry, Robin, not Rachel, but Battle of the X's 2, the only time he's ever seen the elimination, and that elimination was the last one right before the final. He and Robin get taken out by Johnny Bananas and Camilla, who go on to win that season. Otherwise, Mark has only been on you know those earlier seasons, uh, Battle of the Sexes 1 and 2, most notably no eliminations on those. His very first season on the show, no eliminations on the duel um, in Duel 2. He's there but never gets thrown into elimination because he was just Duel 2. He was not on the duel. But so a couple seasons where he could have been in elimination, just never was, made it all the way to the finals, a few seasons where there weren't, eliminations to be a part of so somehow some way the godfather of the challenge had only been in one before he had lost this is his first elimination win and hopefully with the next episode we'll get some sort of celebration or acknowledgement of that seems kind of crazy that he wouldn't acknowledge it but speaking of next episode you know latarian katie they're out we lose the greatest human we have among us latarian what an absolute boss we lose an absolute og who's come a long way shown off her maturity in her class this time around. Katie, wonderful people. We lose both of them. And upon losing them, we find out from TJ, not a twist, but 
a surprise for sure, at least for me, it felt like a surprise. There's only one arena left, which means we thought coming in there was nine episodes. Does that mean the ninth episode's actually some sort of reunion? Because next week, episode seven is the last arena. Does that mean episode eight is the final? We're only one elimination away from the final. Who knows if it's going to just be two more people and we're going to have you know 12 or 14, however many left going in, or it's going to be multiple people. Don't know exactly how it's going to go, but we're suddenly, we're there, essentially. We're basically, you know, we're one elimination from the final. And I thought we had at least two more, if not some sort of purge scenario, something along those lines. I thought all nine episodes were going to be the season, but it's kind of looking up like it's going to be otherwise. And damn, uh, it's gone fast. I knew it was going to be a short season, but feels like we just started and here we are coming up right on the end. So that's the end of the elimination, the end of the episode, the end of our breakdown of the episode let's go ahead and transition into our awards segment here starting off with the quote of the week we've got four nominees we've heard them all once before let's go ahead and run through them one more time first we've got tj lavin himself making an appearance in the best quote for his somewhat failed attempt at the paramount pun take it away tj you're gonna be playing as teams but your individual success is paramount to your team's success. Paramount. <laughs> you see what I did there? You guys like that? Yeah, that shit was sick. All right, so hey, today's challenge is called... I mean, he's trying so hard. Just give the man the Emmy already. We already made our big rant and plea previously. We won't do it again, but give TJ Lavin an Emmy. He's the best host out there. Then we got Jemmy nominee number two talking uh, yet again, deja vu about people throwing themselves in in that being bad strategy jemmy am i the only person that understands the whole point of this game is to avoid elimination at all costs old katie would have never done this i don't even know if old katie would recognize new katie this isn't your kids soccer league this is a challenge half a million dollars is on the line get out of parent mode and come back to challenge savage mode and then our third and fourth nominee for quote of the week both come from letarian the greatest human walking among us as we found out on this episode the first being about his perspective walking in with katie or walking into that uh, cocktail hour and treating it and treating Katie differently than all the other guys. And we're going to play him back to back. So then the second one is then what his feelings were upon being called into that elimination. Both of them nominees. Here they are back to back. Letarian, take it away. Winning this whole challenge helped change my life significantly as far as having that much money. Hell yeah. Would I be able to sleep at night knowing that I had a friend in need and I could have helped and didn't help? Nah, I don't rock like that. I just want to live up to the expectations and not let my partner down. She picked me because I'm a bad motherfucker. That's point blank A. She picked me because my heart doesn't pump Kool-Aid. She picked me because she knows I'm going to come out here and give it everything. I'm going to try to pull this fucking ass off of that damn stump. That's it. And, of course, we've got to give the man, Letarian, the win, and we're going to give it to him for that second one. I mean, I don't know if Mark and Kendall were in earshot of when he said that if they were. I personally would have been shaking a little bit. I would have, you know, been thrown off. Is anyone else hearing that? I'm going to be jacked up if I'm the Letarian's partner. 
that gets me going all the way. I don't know if I wanted to hear that. I hope Mark and Kendall were maybe out of earshot for that. I guess it ultimately didn't matter. But Letarian gets the best quote, and we might as well just roll right on into MVP of the episode because it is also Letarian. He has those two amazing quotes. He is clearly the best dude walking among this house. He's got fantastic commentary throughout, regardless of the moments we discussed throughout the whole thing during the daily challenge before he's been a fantastic interview the whole season. And in this episode, he's got the little romance to kick off the episode with Anissa. He's pouring his heart out in the arena, showing great effort. So Letarian far and away MVP of this episode. This was the Letarian episode. Mark gets some votes as does Kendall, as does big easy, all three for their elimination and or daily challenge victory. But this was an easy one. Letarian all the way. MVP of this episode. As for our power rankings, which starting to really uh, come into play now that we know we're one elimination from the final, we're really starting to look at this as almost, you know, I guess only two more people are even going home. Basically, everyone left is probably going to be running this final. So we're looking at these power rankings as if, you know, assuming all these people make it, trying not to even worry about who's going to be the last eliminated here. If these people are all in the final, we're now looking at this, who's going to win, not just make it. So there is a small difference in the power rankings changing over. Now that we know basically all these people have made it top spot for sure. Darrell, I predicted it last week. I think that was last week that I said, I thought for some reason I didn't have a lot behind it other than, you know, he is a four-time champ and a true OG, but Darrell, my money's on Darrell right now. If there were odds up in Vegas, I'm putting money on Darrell. It looks like he's going to be in the final. And if so, he's he's my odds on favorite to get the job done. Kellyanne and Kendall coming in at two and three. Kellyanne surpassing Kendall for the first time in these power rankings for me and moving up into that second spot. Again, she showed the great strategy within this episode. She's clearly thinking smart. She's her and Kendall kind of neck and neck for me and the physical side for the women. So they're coming in at two and three, clearly can run, clearly can do the puzzles a bit, both playing a strategic game. Both have had good moments throughout the season, having some momentum. They're two and three. Derek coming in at four. I think if he gets in that final, I think he's one of the guys in the best shape. Um, is clearly, you know, he's been putting on the muscle, but I bet knowing how embedded he still is in this community, he's been covering from the media standpoint, all the finals we've been having. There's no way that man's been putting in that kind of gym time without throwing in the cardio. He's going to be heard from in this final, assuming he makes it in and fifth. We got the Godfather, Mark. He's done a couple finals before, um, including the dual two was the one final he was a part of. That was a legit final at the way we think of them nowadays it was a grueling one a long one so he's done it before he's clearly in great shape he's got a lot of the momentum the, the camaraderie on this side you know i would take Darrell or Derek over him if the final started right now but he still comes in fifth on these power rankings so Darrell, kelly and kendall Derek, mark that's your top five for me and again odds my prediction would be if i had to pick someone right now Darrell's winning this thing overall episode grade i'm gonna give it a b uh, it's only the second of the six episodes that I'm putting anything below an A. A B episode, very much enjoyed it. A solid elimination round, a really fun daily challenge. You know, there was a little bit of romance here. There was decent quotes here and there, but overall it just felt like one of those good, not great episodes for me. So we're going to give it that B. And then the final thing we want to touch on, not an award, but just because 
there was a little bit less to cover with this episode is just we want to just take a step back now that we know we've only got essentially two left or you know maybe they're going to stretch the final is going to be two episodes if they do a nine episode season and make two of those episodes the final that'll be the biggest flaw um, in a while on any of the seasons of the show the finals are great but when they've done them over two episodes, it just doesn't really work. That's not what most of us are here to see. We want to know who wins. The finals are cool to see them push themselves physically. They're entertaining, but they don't deserve two episodes. We want more of everything that comes before it. So hopefully, or I guess, I don't know, hopefully. Uh, but we got one episode left with an elimination. Then we got a final. Then maybe we got a reunion. Uh, but the season's almost over. So let's take a step back and kind of look at is this season working? How do we feel about all stars now that we, you know, basically 75% of the way or more through it? We're coming up right on the end. And I was actually planning on doing this because I thought we had just passed the halfway point. I thought, you know, um, that we still were going to have two more episodes and then a final. So I thought we were, you know, just easing into that second half, but we're further than we thought. So sorry that this didn't come a week ago. But short answer of is this season working is yes. The longer answer is kind of no but mostly yes um it definitely is so much fun and it's been amazing to have these people back and it started on such a high that first episode two episodes just seeing these people on our screen again seeing how many of them there were how great they all were behind the camera again talking interviewing doing the challenges everything it was awesome it still is awesome the one thing that's kind of seeped in as it's went further, though, is there, there's just a big divide between those that could be still on the regular version of the challenge and those that really could only be competing in this environment. And, you know, we talk at length at times there will eventually be a full breakdown, a long, long breakdown of me. I kind of consider this as part show, part sport. I kind of split the entire challenge experience into the sport side, the show side, and all these people belong on the show side still. They've proven that. Um, but a lot of them maybe don't fall, you know, on the sport side of it. And it's not even so much that some of them don't, you know, have that. It's just that there's such a clear divide between those that are still could be again on that regular season. I mean, Mark, Kendall, Kellyanne, Derek, Darrell, Alton, these people, could, I think, could step right into a real season. I mean, Darrell and Anissa have. They just came off the real season where they both made it fairly far into that season. But, um, you know, just having that clear divide between kind of the haves and haves nots on the physical side is, you know, not that glaring at first, but as the episodes progress, a little bit glaring, as is the kind of divide between those that are there because it was going to be fun. They were going to be on TV again. They were going to see their old friends, and it was just kind of – let's do this experience versus those that are like, no, nah, let's be on the challenge again. Let's compete in a challenge. Let's get my way back onto the regular show. You know, so just those little divides start to show up more and more as the season goes on. And um, they don't taint it necessarily, but they, you know, they just bring the level of enjoyment down ever so slightly. And then the other thing is the length is, going to be a bit of a problem in this way not a problem as far as like making the you know the show less enjoyable while we're watching it but um i say all of what i'm about to say as someone who doesn't like the whole 18 episodes that we've been getting of late on the regular seasons 20 episodes 20 plus with the reunions of double agents but 12 to 15 is kind of that sweet spot of the episode numbers that we're kind of looking for from the fan perspective but also the length of time the people are there 
and making it so that everyone kind of earns their way to the final. We talked before in our preview pod of, is this season going to feel like a true challenge championship? How is it going to match up versus the real show? And with, you know, Jemmy, Kellyanne, Darrell, Derek, Gisela, Ruthie, none of those six people I just mentioned uh, have had any worries at all. Literally just going to walk to the final challenge of this, never having to sweat a moment on the whole thing. Anissa and Mark have, while they've been in eliminations, honestly, they've not really had to sweat at all really either. Just walking their way to the elimination. Really. It's just Nehemiah easy who hasn't been in a elimination, but has been threatened with them repeatedly. Alton and Kendall, those four people have the only ones that have really had to feel the stress of a challenge season. The, the chances of going home, the, you know, uneasy sleeps, this, that, and the other. So, the length of time, not only of the episodes that we're getting, but also just realizing how fast they're trying to bang this out, how quickly they're just moving through. We've done enough elimination. Let's just go to the final and how kind of easy it is to, you know, make the final is bringing down where when the season's kicked off the first couple of challenges, the first couple of eliminations, I was like, yeah, they're doing this faster. They're, you know, doing these every single day, trying to bang this out, which I get for these people with busier lives to be able to come and do this. But at that point, I thought this thing is full blown is the same as the regular season, basically just done faster and going to be a couple episodes shorter. But now that length is really kind of rearing its head and making it. We'll see what the final is, how it ends up, how we feel at the end. We'll kind of assess what we feel about the champion. But those are just some thoughts on, you know, the season. Definitely, you know, if I had to give the overall season right now a grade, it's an A. I want more of these. I want all a lot more of these seasons of all-stars. But it definitely felt like it started on such a high. It felt so awesome to have it back. And it's just dipped a little bit from that. So it's still in a great spot, but just that feeling of knowing it has dipped a tiny bit. You know, if we just popped in right now and we're like, yeah, it's an A, it's an A minus, whatever, we'd feel great about it. But because it kind of started with that, this is an A plus, oh my gosh, they're knocking this out of the park it feels like, you know, we just get that feeling like it's dwindled a tiny, tiny bit, which has this negative energy about it, even if it's still in an amazing place. So is the season working again? Short answer, yes. This is awesome. Long answer, it's a little bit more complicated. There's some things to talk about. But overall, yes, the season is working. I'm loving it. I hope you're loving it too. If you listen to this, you're obviously loving it. So with that, We'll wrap up this segment. We'll move into our final portion of the pod, a quick history lesson for you, and then we'll get out of here. So open up those textbooks, get out those pens and notes. Let's dive into a little challenge history. Time for another challenge history lesson. And this time we are talking the finals five timers club. Now, this comes about because at the end of this episode, we learn one elimination away from the final, which means that two people standing up uh, still here in this season of All-Stars are one elimination possibly or bypassing elimination, one episode away from joining the Five Timers Club, those individuals who have made a finals five times. Derek is actually already a part of this group, so we already got one person a part of this exclusive club on this season, but Mark and Darrell, each with four, are now one episode away from joining this exclusive five-timers club and making their fifth final. In the five-timers club, we have nine people. Tied in first is Johnny Bananas, CT, Cara Maria, all tied at nine. 
Um, should be, let's see, between those three, I guess who did it first is actually Car Maria was the first to nine. And certainly of those three did it in the least amount of season. She's nine out of 14. CT's nine out of 18. Johnny Bananas, nine out of 20. So shout out Cara for that high efficiency in making the finals nearly all the time that she's been on the show, but they're tied at first nine finals appearances each then coming in fourth or second, either way you want to look at it. But fourth is Kenny, Kenny Santucky with seven. And now uh, I think he's come up in a previous history lesson. We do. Anytime we mention his name, we do have to mention he left the show under, you know, pretty negative circumstances with the allegations that were made coming out of the ruins. That's why he did not continue his challenge career. Um, well, you know, bring him up. We, we don't know what happened. We, there's not all that many details. Everything was settled off the side. So, um, as much as it should be mentioned, uh, you know, we we don't have the ability to really cover that in a, in a great way. So we're not going to mention that, but we are going to talk about the fact that he did go seven out of eight in his time on the show. So fourth most finals ever seven out of eight, an incredible number there. Um, so Kenny is the fourth spot and then tied for fifth um, with five is Wes, Derek, Sarah Rice, Paula Walnuts and Leroy and sadly, it must be mentioned of all the five timers that we have, all nine of them, only one of them has never brought home that title. And that is our guy, Leroy, who just with his finals appearance in double agents made this exclusive club, became the ninth member of it, but sadly did not get that W. Leroy, we know you said you retired, but we're going to get you back. We're going to get you that finals victory. So we've got nine people in the five timers club, Mark and Darrell sitting there right on. If we just, you know, if we include all stars here, it looks like those two are about to make it potentially balloon this exclusive club to 11. We've got 15 people, including Mark and Darrell, 15 currently at four, 13 people at three. And that is your five timers club. That is your challenge history lesson. And that is all for this episode. That's all we've got for you today. We've got two more left, at least two more, maybe a reunion. Uh, if there's a reunion, we'll probably cover that here too. But next week, last elimination, we'll see who sticks around, who makes it to that final. If Mark and Durrell can join that five timers club with their buddy, Derek, if Derek can move up from that tie into a uh, third place all on his own or fifth place all on his own, whichever way you want to look at it. But two episodes left. We will be back to recap them after they come out. So always make sure if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, review. Those reviews help us immensely. Please do those for us if you can. Huge, huge, huge help. If you want some daily content, follow along on the Instagram page at Challenge Historian and check out our YouTube channel. Are you, excuse me, I can't talk. Good thing this podcast is about over. But our YouTube page, where starting next Monday, every Monday after that, you will start to see some additional challenge, long-form content, breaking down different historical perspectives. If you like the history lessons at the end of this podcast, you're going to love these videos that we're going to start putting out every single Monday on YouTube at Challenge Historian. So follow us there. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Those things help immensely. We appreciate them greatly. We appreciate you for being here today. Let's all get geared up for one final elimination and head right on into that final. It's going to be a good one. Challenge All-Stars coming to a close soon. We'll be here to recap it. We'll talk to you next week. Challenge lovers, signing out.